Welcome to the Core Women Podcast. My name is Dr. Summer Watson. I'm a doctor of psychology, podcaster, published author, coach, producer of documentary empowerment films, and empowerment seminars. This podcast is a special place for the hearts and souls of women. It is a place where women share their journeys, strength, resiliency, strategy, and passions. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Dr. Sam Collins, who is an award-winning women in leadership expert, social entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and coach. She is a leading global voice on leadership and change for workplaces, organizational culture, and community impact. She is also the founder of Aspire, and she is an internationally best-selling author of Radio Heaven, One Woman's Journey to Grace. We have so much to talk about. So let's dive right into this, Dr. Collins, and welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm in a really good mood today. I mean, not that I'm not in good moods other days, but it feels like a good day today. So I'm excited. Awesome. Great. I'm glad you're here. And thank you. Thank you for joining me on the Core Women podcast. So let's just dive right into this, Dr. Collins. Before we jump into your professional journey, can you tell us a bit about your personal journey, where you grew up, your interests, and how you developed some of those interests? Well, you might be able to hear my English accent. I've tried really hard to keep hold of it, even though I have lived in the US for 14 years. So I was born in England, um, you know, a little town just outside of London. Well, I was born in London and then we kind of moved out because my parents were seeking something better for themselves, I think. So at the time, if you remember the Prime Minister, Margaret Thatcher, she had this whole plan about how she was gonna enable inner city couples and families to start new lives so we sort of moved out of London when I was really little we ended up moving to sort of a a, a microcosm of of, of London though because everyone moved out so we went to this really sort of fancy area in in England called the Southern Counties so everyone's quite wealthy and all these kind of things but we of course weren't so I grew up in what's called a council estate which I think in the US would be equivalent of a project and, uh, you know, it was very, very rough and ready growing up. But I did have a very equal opportunities dad, which I think probably is a big part of who I am. So when all the girls, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't happen now at school, some of it. At the time, if you were a girl, you would do cooking at Clark in school. And if you were a boy, you would do meta work. Now, I had no interest in doing meta work, but my dad was like, you should do meta work because it's not fair. And I was like, I don't want to do meta work. I like cooking. But I ended up doing meta work and woodwork and all these things. And I was the only girl in the class. And all the boys would just look at me and think, she's going to be probably really bad at that. And I was. (laughs) But I tried my best. And so that's how I grew up. Um, I had a role model as a mother, 1980s. She went back to work, the whole power suits I was very I couldn't believe it you know I thought it was so amazing that she would do that and she worked her way up to a fairly senior position in a in a mortgage company and you know as a young girl that was very aspirational to me so I think that really my mom and my dad really governed my passion for equality and my passion for women's advancement in in many ways so yeah that's a little bit about how I grew up. Thank you for that. Um, What an interesting background. And so your resume of accomplishments is so long. Of all the things you've done, what would you consider one of your most important accomplishments and why? I think that starting Aspire is probably one of my 
things I'm proudest of. I mean, the fact that I was 29 at the time and now I'm 49. And I think those decade turners are always big, aren't they? Some of you are like, oh, you're going to be 30. And I was like, my life's over. You know, like kind of thing. And now I'm like, I'm going to be 50. My life's over. So, um, and no, I had no. always, no, I know. I mean, I had always wanted to start my own business ever since I was a little girl. I always thought it was a big con, really, working for someone else. I never really understood it. Why would you work for someone else? And then they make the money and you just get a bit of it and you can't really do what you want. So I had my first business when I was 14 doing ironing for the busy new working women in my neighborhood. So I had wanted to have my own business since I was 14, but didn't really know how or what or why or anything like that. So starting my own business then and it being, although I didn't know the name then, it being more of a social business and wanting to have a business that not only made money, but made a difference at the time, seemed at the same time, seemed quite an idealistic thing. But now it's a big thing. Now it's a thing, you know, it's everyone, well, not everybody, but you know, the sensible <laughs> people will see that as, as, as the way to go. So I'm really proud of that. I'm really, right. I'm really proud. And I'm really proud that it's still going 20 years later and you know we're still innovating still trying to find new things to to create to make a difference in so yeah if I was on my deathbed like what did you do I probably should say my kids I would (laughs) well you know we each have our own passions and how they develop is so unique and I really like your story about hey finding it kind of fraudulent in regards to like working for somebody else and making them money and not making your own money and just really having your own passion and developing that passion. So over the years, obviously you've done so much in regards to being an author, uh, having a business, so much traveling around the world, supporting other communities around the world. Where did you find the courage to do all this? Because I know it can be scary. I know that those first steps might be like, oh, where do I even start? So where did you find that courage? And really, who helped support you? Did you have a network of support around you? You know, I, I know we don't often like to hear this, but I think I do think that courage often comes from darker times. You know, when, when things are going well, it's harder to kind of pluck up the courage to do something. But if you're in a darker time, like we are now with, with COVID, and everything that's happening politically, there is a stronger incentive. It's like, okay, I have to pay my rent. I, I have to, I, I have to do something here. I, I can't carry on the same way. I hate, I hated my job at the time. I just hated it. And I was just sort of existing in existing in it. And I had existed in many jobs for a period of years. And so I just sort of knew in my heart that I had to give it a try. And if it didn't work, it wasn't the end of the world. I could, I'm capable enough to find another job. And I trusted myself. Yeah, it was very scary. I think because my my mother died very suddenly. She took her own life when I was 21 in the final year of college. And I think that most likely gave me a lot of courage. I think that might sound like a strange thing to say, but I think if that hadn't happened, and obviously I've done a lot of therapy on this, but I think if it hadn't happened, I would have probably had sort of a much safer, more traditional 
path in my life. And I think a lot of a lot of us that go through adversity would say the same thing. It was a turning point, and I could see all my friends that I was I had worked with, you know, and I was about to graduate with, like applying for all these big jobs. And I remember just thinking, I couldn't stand the thought of it. I just couldn't stand it. But I didn't really know what I did want to do. And I just felt very lost and very alone. And I didn't have a big support network at all. And so that's when I decided, you know, as many students, I think, still do when you can, even everything that's going on now, I decided to go and travel around the world on a shoestring with no money. (laughs) Um, And that really helped me because I went to so many, I I was reflecting on this yesterday, actually. Like, I think I had an extremely sheltered life until about 21. And 21 was when my mother died. And then I went traveling and suddenly my eyes, some of my eyes just opened. You know, I went to India and I went to Nepal and I went to Thailand and I went to Australia and I went to the, came to the US for the first time and my feet stepped down into San Francisco airport. And I was like, I have to live here, I have to live here. And, but before then I had never seen, you know, I went into Mexico and got completely lost in Mexico for three months, like slept on train station floors and met so many people and so many different types of people. And I was like, oh my God, this is the world. And I could see people of different races and, and different, different ages and different beliefs. And I was like, I love this. This is, this is it for me. This is the world. And I slept with homeless people and, you know, you just realize that, well, if they can do that, why am I complaining? Because there was such a great sense of perspective. So I think my courage comes from that and then building on that over the years, always, I'm always stretching myself. I'm always, hence the name Aspire, right? <laughs> always <laughs> like, what's next? What do I want to do now? Like, how do I want to create a bigger impact how do I want to make a bigger difference but doing it in a way what I've learned recently it's taking me a long time to learn it is how do I do that without burning out how do I do that and still look after myself how do I do that at this age and stage when my health you know as you become this this age your health comes even more important and with children and you know the rest of the rest of it so yeah I don't really describe myself as a courageous person lots of people say that about me it seems me to be very just normal well I think that we have innate abilities and then learned abilities and I think innately some of us just get up and go and I think as you said sometimes we learn from those darker times and hopefully many of us can learn from those darker times right or what I like to call them are more difficult times where we gain wisdom and we can bring those things forward or that wisdom forward with us and apply that to our lives and how we want to kind of create our own path and our own journey. So you've done so much to support others and you've kind of led the way here in regards to tapping into as you get older, taking yourself. This was my next question. You do so much to support others and to create positive change in the world. How do you find time to take care and nurture yourself? Well, I think the work that I do feels nurturing to me. So there's not a sort of separation where I'm like, okay, I'm slogging out my work and now I'm going to go do some yoga. Like I'm not really that person. Um, 
it's more like I love what I do. I don't love all all aspects of it because there's aspects of running any business that you know you don't really like to do. But the majority of the aspects of what I do, I really enjoy. So it feels nurturing for me. It feels fulfilling and passionate. And I think when you can get to a point like that in your work, then your work in a way becomes a high level of self-care. Having said that, I could just go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. So it does take somebody, normally my husband to say, hello, remember me, or, you know, remember us, <laughs> we're your family. Um, so having that support network now is, is really key. And, you know, I love my sleep. I love eating well. I love, love food. I think it's one of the best ways to connect with people around the world is eating different foods. I, luckily, I have a fairly strong stomach because I've eaten everything everywhere. Um, I love to spend time with my kids, mostly. Depends on what's going on with them, but mostly I do. And I have some great friends. So I love listening to music. And I, I'll do all these things as well, sort of integrated into my work. So when I'm working, I'll have some candles burning. I'll be playing some music. I like to meditate before I do any event design. So it's all, I think that's the key, really. Otherwise, you just become extremely time poor. It's like, okay, I'm going to work, and then I'm going to work out, and then I'm going to do some meditation, and then it's just, it's just too much. So I try and sort of integrate it into into my life so it's not there isn't that really that separation I love that word I just wrote it down before you said it integration and I think a lot of times our strategy is okay we're going to get up we're going to do some yoga we're going to do you know some mindset work we're going to do a b and c and d and e but I think a lot of times when you are someone that has a lot on your plate to find that you can integrate those other things, the music, the candles, the, the nice atmosphere, it kind of lends to that nurturing of self. So I like that. It's a great suggestion. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. A, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. a lot of times I just forget, like for me personally, I forget. And I just get so consumed with my work because like you, you love what you do. It doesn't feel like work. And because we grew up probably and I don't want to speak for you, but I grew up starting work very early. Hmm. And so whether or not that was paid or otherwise, you just were working. And so it's not that I define myself by what I do, but more along the lines of feeling like this is something that's very familiar to me. This feels comfortable. So maybe not everything and it feels comfortable. Like you said, you don't like every aspect of what you do, but it does feel comfortable. And so you forget about those little touches that you can bring or integrate into your daily routine that will help support that nurturing. So thank you for that. So can you talk about your company Aspire and the mission? Sure. So we're now Aspire for Equality. And so that will help to, to define the mission, I think, in, in people's minds. So the purpose of Aspire is to inspire and empower women to lead change around the world. And when we say lead change, it's in our lives and in our workplaces and in our communities and, and overall with regards to the planet even. So we so strongly believe in the potential of women, as I know that you do and provide the 
tools and the networking community uh, as you do uh, and events and conferences that really support that. We are very global in nature. So we have women from all over the world. So we just, I just really love that diversity of women in the US or women across Africa or Asia or Australasia or wherever it is. And, and, and having that sort of commonality of challenges and commonality of aspirations, but being in, in different places around the world and, and how that brings perspective as well with regards to what might be happening for women in India, as opposed to what might be happening to women in Canada, for example. So we have a global mission. Well, I really love that. And it's so unique that you have this background in travel and you've brought this into the fold of your organization is that it's global. It really does span across the world. And you really, because of your travel has have brought that into the organization in that you have that perspective. You have that perspective of having traveled, having experienced different cultures, lifestyles. And I think that's fantastic. Furthermore, what's really interesting and you being a social scientist as well is understanding that we all have the same emotions. We all feel the same way, sadness, Uh, disconnect, you name it, all these different emotions. We all have those same feelings, but what that looks like for each of us and those experiences is what's so different. And what I love about your organization is you're bringing those experiences to life. You're recognizing those experiences and welcoming everybody to the table. So that's fantastic. Thank you for for that. Um, My my pleasure. I think that you know, we, we all have the same experience, uh, same emotions, but we have different experience of those emotions, depending often on the culture that we live in. So it can be taboo to get divorced still in America, perhaps, but try doing it in northern Nigeria. You know, the, the, the impact of it is is quite different. But having said that, it's important to still validate because sometimes people say oh my god she's in Nigeria and it's much worse I shouldn't really be feeling this way you know you feel the way that you feel no matter where you are it's within your own your own context but providing that kind of like-minded support across nations and and is 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 really important to me and you know I never really thought about it some of the of the travel that I did is why Aspire is so global. Of course, that makes complete sense. But I never really thought about it. Oh, yeah, she's right. I never really thought about that. Well, I love it. So, you know, I think our experiences lend to what we do later on in life or what we actually value. And I think as you grew up, because you took those steps to actually go outside of your comfort zone and go travel and to just integrate yourself into different cultures, I think that you brought that forward with you. And I think that's so exciting. I love to travel and I love to learn about different cultures. Even when I was an undergrad, I was a a psychology major turned English major turned into like uh, cultural studies in every different (laughs) area. So I, I do know what you mean. And I've traveled a lot, not quite as much as you, but I've traveled around the world some. And so I love it. And it really broadens your perspective about your experiences and others' experiences. So I think- I miss it. it. I really miss it. 
go get back out there again. <laughs> it'll happen. It'll happen. I know my friend, she actually sent me a globe because she knows how much I love to travel. And so she said, Summer, I'm sending the world to you. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. Oh, that isn't that nice. That so, is nice. Let's touch on your book, Radio Heaven, One Woman's Journey to Grace. I love the concept of this book and turning into our intuition. Well, Radio Heaven People often say, what, what does that mean, Radio Heaven? Well, Radio Heaven is a phrase that my mom used to use. Um, we would be driving in the car and she wasn't a very good driver. She was a big smoker. She would be smoking Marlboros and like turning the radio on. And I was always been like slightly terrified we were going to crash. And then, but a song would come on the radio and she would say, oh, Radio Heaven. And I'd say, what do you mean? And she'd say, oh, it's a, it's a sign. It's a song from my mom. It's a song from my grandma. And she would say that the songs would have meaning for us, depending on you know our mood of the day. And we would be singing along as we were driving. It's one of my favorite memories of my mom. And so that's why I use the word Radio Heaven, because the book is about tuning into, your, into the signs, you know, tuning into your intuition, what are the signs that we often ignore throughout our lives and careers? I also wrote it because at the time I wrote it, we were, uh, we were just embarking upon the adoption of my daughter from the Democratic Republic of Congo. And I wanted to sort of record the journey of her adoption as well. And so it turned into sort of a, a mixture of um, a biography combined with sort of stories and tips and tools on each chapter on things like resilience and courage and vision and following through and, and that kind of thing. It was a little while ago I wrote it. I'm actually writing a new book, just started. It's quite exciting. Yes, that's exciting. Not a very good writer, probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> writing is not my forte so it's like it's a bit of a stretch to try and write, write a second book but I got a little help so good that's awesome hey just take the steps look how many steps you've taken throughout your life and you've been successful you're going to write that second book it's going to be awesome I'm actually starting my second book I started over the weekend oh congratulations yes. yeah I think there's a lot of, lot of books coming out of COVID yeah absolutely a lot of you know surprisingly enough there's a lot of positive things coming out of COVID so I like to look at it that way. You know, I see what's also happening um, in regards to some of the negative perspectives, but I also like to take this opportunity and, and ask people to take the opportunity to kind of nurture something new, like a new hobby or just do some like inner work. So as we come to the close of the interview, I ask all of my guests if they could offer some words of wisdom, what would those words of wisdom be for you? I think there is right now this whole thing about seeing the pandemic or whatever stage of the world you're in with regards to the pandemic, seeing it as, as a positive thing and seeing it as an opportunity for growth. And I sometimes look on Facebook or whatever, and I have friends that have lost 20 pounds and have like started a choir. And I'm like, I hate you because that's not me. And so it could get a little, like, it could get a little difficult with this kind of a little bit of a pressure to, to okay. make this a positive, yeah, make this a positive time. Whereas I, you know, I barely wore makeup until the last couple of weeks, did put on, put on 20 pounds, didn't take off 20 pounds and can barely even wear a bra anymore. So I think that we do have to be realistic as well. Yeah. 
and say it's a bloody tough time and there's so many women right now that are struggling in areas we just can't even imagine because of covid having said that i also agree with you and i think that there is a tiny glimmer in each of us which we have to really sort of set a light right now where we can say okay i don't know what's going to happen the world could end <laughs> next year the way we're going so let me let you really think about what you really want to do and how you want to do it and I think that if more women if more of us could you know sort of direct our energies towards the things that really really matter right now the social causes and social issues in our world whether whatever it is that you're passionate about, be that climate change, or educational property or, or, or race equality or whatever it is, if we can en masse direct our energies towards that. And for those already in those areas, we direct our energies towards supporting them. Then I believe the world will change for the better extremely quickly, extremely quickly if only we could, you know, if only. So I think that, that that's something really to think about and to come on board with and to take baby steps on in whatever that looks like for you. Well, thank you for that. And thank you, Dr. Collins, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. My pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. If you would like to connect with Dr. Sam Collins, you can reach her at drsamcollins.com and at aspireforequality.com. And you can find her book, Radio Heaven, One Woman's Journey to Grace on Amazon. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at infoatcorewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women Home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag Core Women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about Core Women, and please stay tuned for continued growth of the Core Women movement Let's grow and drive change together.